Hi, everybody. I have some exciting news. I am launching a Substack. I know. I keep telling you how I'm not a writer, and I'm still not a writer, but I am going to be writing about reading over on Substack. The Substack is called Unstacked, and you can find it at tracythomas.substack.com. There will be free options every Friday. There'll be a bunch of weekly roundups, announcements, all the shit I'm into. And then if you want to upgrade yourself to the paid subscription, I'm going to have author interviews, bonus episodes, anticipated reads, book pairings, community chats, all sorts of stuff. So, If that sounds like something you'd be into, go to tracythomas.substack.com and join Unstacked. And of course, I've got a special offer for you. If you go to tracythomas.substack.com slash the stacks 10, you get 10% off your first year membership of Unstacked. You have from now until April 4th to redeem. Again, that's tracythomas.substack.com slash the stacks 10 for 10% off Unstacked. Okay, that's enough. Let's listen to this episode. Welcome to The Stacks. I'm your host, Tracy Thomas, and today our guest is co-host of The Lady Gang and Entertainment Tonight correspondent, Kelty Knight. It really is only fitting that we have Kelty on today to launch The Stacks as part of The Lady Gang Network on Podcast One. If you're an old fan of The Stacks, don't worry, nothing really is changing around here. And if you're new to the show, welcome. This is what you should know. The Stacks is your literary best friend, your virtual book club, and your one-stop shop to everything books. And it's hosted by me, Tracy Thomas. The two-part chats are new every Wednesday. Part one features a conversation with our guests about their reading habits, books they've loved or books they've hated, books they're embarrassed that they still haven't read, and a lot more. In week two's episode, my guest and I will discuss the Stacks book club pick with titles ranging from hot new releases to forgotten treasures. You can always find out our book club picks in advance on our social media accounts and on the website. I've left links to both in the show notes. If they're going to be spoilers, don't worry. I will always let you know in advance. Plus, every other Monday, we have mini episodes called The Short Stacks. They're interviews with authors about their process and their books. Want to be a part of the show? Great because our segment Ask the Stacks is all about giving you book recommendations on air. You email us at askingthestacks at gmail.com with your name, what you're looking for, and maybe a few books that you've liked or not liked so much. Then tune in to hear our suggestions on what you should read. Email us at askingthestacks at gmail.com. Want more of The Stacks? Head over to patreon.com slash the stacks to be part of our virtual book club, get the inside scoop, and more. Shout out to our newest member of The Stacks Pack, Katie Holznagel. Okay, let's get to my conversation with Kelty Knight. All right, y'all, we are here today with Kelty Knight. Kelty is one third of the Lady Gang. She is a TV host at Entertainment Tonight, and she's a badass girl boss. Kelty, welcome to the Stacks. We are so excited. I'm, I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to be here. I guess now that this episode is out in the world, people know. People the know Stacks, our news. The Stacks is part of the Lady Gang Network. It has been my dream, I think, since like the first month of Lady Gang to have like an official book club for the Lady Gang readers because we have so many people reading and we have a couple little like kind of secular groups. But when you came to be on our podcast, we were like, I was like, wait, 
I love her. I love her. And then I went down a deep dive and I was like, oh my God, this is exactly what we want. So basically we just stole you. You already had your own thing, but we're like, come just hang out with us and be part of our gang. And so we're just, we're so thrilled. I'm super excited to be here. I mean, I'm exactly where I was, but I'm excited to be with you guys (laughs) because normally you guys launch new shows. So I'm your first kind of like pickup. Yeah, so you're essentially like an indie artist at Coachella who everyone knows about, but like needed a major label, record label to like get you in the mix. So yeah, I definitely have a flower crown. Thank you. Obviously. Yeah, so we, yeah, this is the first time that we like from conception haven't really, what you do is perfect. So we're just kind of like putting in our network of shows, promoting you, um, showing you to our Lady Gang audience who we have like so many book lovers. Um, so we're just hoping to help you grow and mostly just use you for your book recommendations. There Sorry, you Tracy. So people, it's a very one-sided. It's okay. No, I think I'm going to, I'm going to be happy here. I think it goes, we should just say for those of you who are new here, welcome. Mm-hmm. And then for those of you who've been listening for the last year, pretty much nothing's changing. Yes. You might, you know, meet new people that maybe we wouldn't have had on the show before because like I didn't know Kelty before. Right. But for the most part, the show will stay the same. Mm-hmm. The first episode will be about books and recommendations and talking to our guests. The second episode will be a book club where we talk about the book. Mm-hmm. And if there are spoilers on that episode, I will let you know in the show notes. I will link to everything we talk about in the show notes. I'll also be linking to our Facebook groups. There's two Facebook groups. One is like a book club and the other is a book exchange. So if you're hoping to get a book or send a book, that's where you'll find that. And everything we talk about is always linked in the show notes. So if you're new, welcome. If you're old, still love you. Love you (laughs) long time. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about Kelty now because that was like too much housekeeping. Just tell us a little bit about yourself, Kelty. So I... I'm just like so excited that I'm on a book podcast because I am like a self, I say nerd, but then people are like, don't say nerd because it's not nerdy to love the things you love. So for me, I'm a bullet journal enthusiast. I love to journal. Um, I love to scrapbook. I have been, um, a reader my entire life, mostly because I'm like an introverted extrovert. So I go on TV or I go on lady gang and I'm like, I'm wild and I'm crazy. And then the way that I find new energy is I like hide in my bedroom with like a candle on and like read for six hours or on a Saturday, which I just did this weekend, like Sunday head off. I read an entire book all day, just in what bed. Did you That's read? like my dream. I read work party by Jacqueline Johnson. She's like a, that. she created, um, create and cultivate like a, she's a 24 year old entrepreneur and she had some like real badass business advice for girls, Ooh. for ladies that are like, how do you fire someone? And I was like, Oh, I mean, I'm not trying to fire you, but I'm just saying like, like you if know. you need to in yeah, a few weeks, fire really, the sacks. Yeah, it was really good. So, um, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm that kind of person. I'm really, I'm married. I've been married six years. I have a house here in Los Angeles. Um, I have like four jobs um, and I just have a lot going on, but I'm, I'm very passionate about being an entrepreneur and I've lived my whole life in show business waiting for people to call me and say yes to me and me audition and then be like, we want you. And at this series in my life, um, which is why like, I can't contain my excitement that you're here and I'm on your show. Um, is this that like going out and, and making my life look the way that I want it to look like engineering. Oh, well at some point I would like to just podcast all day. Cause I, I find this form of show so intimate and so powerful. And so I'm just really excited. I love that. Wait, I want you to talk a little bit about being an extroverted introvert. Have yeah. you read the book quiet? No. Okay. I'm going to send it to you. Okay. It's about introverts And like how they recharge and how they work in settings and how they engage 
with the world because it's different. Yeah. Like if you're an extrovert, extrovert, you recharge by being around people and talking and in group settings, you know, you are able to get that vibe from people, but yeah. introverts, there's like a lot of stigma around it. So the book is kind of about like the power of quietness and like I need that. thriving. Yes. It's going to be perfect for you. My, cus- but- my husband calls it a putz. What he's is like, that? what are you doing this weekend? I was like, he's like, you just having a putz? And it's just like, I just need time where I'm in my house alone or like with him in another room. Like he'll be reading or watching TV or on his computer. And I'm just like cleaning a drawer. And like, he's like, why are you always putzing? And I'm like, that's my form of like right. recharge. What's your sign? I'm an Aquarius and I'm a three on the Enneagram. Have you done the Enneagram? I've not. I don't, oh. I've not done that. I'm, I'm gonna... like not really that into it, but I feel no. like. I feel like water signs are like, because I'm, I'm, well, my whole thing is fucked up. So I was born July 22nd, very late at night, which is the last day of cancer. So my whole life, I thought I was a cancer. And then I moved to LA and somebody read my chart uh-huh. and my son was in Aquarius. So I'm, I mean, not Aquarius, my son was in Leo. So I'm actually a Leo, but I had all the jewelry that said cancer. And so I'm really <laughs> God damn it, Etsy. God damn it. That's exactly right. But both of my rising and moon are Aquarius. So I do have that water in me. But I feel like water people yeah. like to putz a little. Yeah, we like to zhuzh around. So what kind of advice do you have for women who want to start taking charge of their own lives? Like in creating things that fulfill them and, you know, following what you're talking about. Uh, yeah. I think one of the things like you're such an inspiration and the reason why I instantly was drawn to you is because you were like, you know, this is something I love and I love, I love reading. I love books. I'm going to start my own book club and it's going to be sassy and cool and awesome. Like mm. I just love when someone's like that and whether or not, I think my advice is to just start. You don't really... I mean, everyone's like, oh, you need your, your business plan. And like, how are you going to you know, live on this or whatever? But I, I'm not from that. I'm like, let's just start. Just start it. If it starts as a hobby, don't quit your day job. Right. You know, but um, if it starts as a hobby or if it starts as something you're just really, really, really passionate about. And then you, you know, you go from there. When we started Lady Gang, it was just Becca Tobin and I being like, we want to create something so that we can't get fired. We mm. want to be the boss. Like, so that no matter what, if she, her acting career goes up or down or my hosting career goes up or down, we can always have this as like a backbone. We'll never have to be worried or desperate. That sense of like, oh, I have to have this. And so that's when we started. We had no idea that like then we would launch a network and a tour and a book and like all these different right. things. So, you know, we just started. We just were like, every Tuesday we're going to put out an hour show and you just start where you are. And I think my advice for women is don't apologize about liking what you like or staying in your space. I see so many people come to us and be like, well, I just wanted to, I just wanted to check in or I just, I just wanted to see if you would be interested. Like if you believe in what you're doing, like, hi, I'm Kelty from Lady Gang. Here's my project. Right. Take a look. Right. You don't be scared I mean? of the no. Don't be scared of the no and don't apologize for right. existing. Like before. Yes. It's like the, that's, you know, first impressions are important. And if your first impression is I'm terrible and you're doing me a favor, yeah, it's not ideal. Well, and I think that you, I mean, not to like always turn my question, your question about me to back to you, but <laughs> I think that like one of the things that I really love about you is that you like treat the stacks like this is Oprah's freaking book club. Well, it is. Well, I know, obviously, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like right. you, you, it's, it's so important to you that everything's right. And it's so, uh, it's so you that it's like, 
you're, you're precious about it. And I love that. Like you stand in there and you're like, no, this is the book club. This is the stacks. This is what we're all about. This is the show. And like, don't mess with me. You right. know what I mean? And I love that because right. it's like, you're not like, well, like you have a backbone and right. I love that. Like, I think women need to just like, if you know what you're doing is great, sit in it. Right. You know, totally. I couldn't agree more. What, what besides like kind of that nervous energy or that apology, pre-apology, what stuff do you feel like you've seen that is like harmful for women when they're starting out creating their own stuff? I think that, um, someone's path for them is not always the path for you. Mm. So I had a, an era of my life where a lot of my girlfriends were starting to have kids and they were losing themselves a little bit and everyone got into the MLMs. Mm. Like, you know, like the Ava, I don't know, yeah. like all the different, I can sell this from home. Have while you I'm... listened to that podcast? No. There's a podcast. I can't remember what it's called. It's like investigating them, right? Yes. And I'm... it's so good. Yeah. I wanna... You'll love it. You'll love the host. She's like funny and like great. Okay. Anyways, I gotta get continue. <laughs> so I had a, a section of my life where a bunch of my friends, like a lot of them were all kind of going, like some were selling spices and some were selling oils and some were selling this. And I had a couple friends that absolutely have slayed at this mm -hmm. because it was so on board with like who they are as human beings. Right. And then there was a lot of women that I knew that I was like, you're not a salesperson. Like you're, you're, you're my, my girl. Like you're not a, you, I, and then they would be like, do you want to buy? And you're like, you're just, not everyone's path, like when you see it on Instagram, you see it out in the world, is the right path for you. Like, mm. and I think women make this mistake of being like, this is my one secular life and this is what it should look like. And these are the Instagram filters and the steps I have to take to happiness. And everyone has like a one size fits all life. And I think that um, all those people have quit those jobs since then and have <laughs> gone off and done other things that have been like more them and they've had great success. So it's like, I think sometimes wanting, look, there's women that look at us and they're like, oh, I want a podcast. Like, I want to start my own lady gang. And I'm like, that is awesome. Should you start your own lady gang? <laughs> like, because we had Becca Tobin who had just come off Glee, who had a fame and a large following. Like, right. that absolutely helped us. We had Jack Vanek, who was an in-house graphic designer. Right. So we never had to invest in, you know, like, we wanted to do it. And then we looked around and we're like, oh, this is, like, something that we'll be, we'll be able to do. Because right. it's in our... I'm really like rambling, but how do I say that? Like concisely, I just, just because pink hair is the trend doesn't mean you should have pink hair. Right. It's right. not right for everybody. Right. Well, so next week we're talking about tiny, beautiful things by yeah. Cheryl Strait. And I feel like one of the, not to get into it, but one of the big themes in the book was like, trust yourself. Yes. And I think that that kind of goes along with it, that it's like, you can want to be successful, but you don't have to do it the other person's way. Like exactly. you can find your own way. Cause like yeah. if I, I could have tried to start a, a lady gang by myself, a right. solo lady gang, but like, I don't really have that much to say about a lot of other things. Like I have a lot to say about books. Right. So I was like, well, this is the one place I feel like I could really dive in. Yeah, exactly. You have to really be sure that it's like your steez and not one of the things that we now, um, a lot of people come to us, obviously, and they're like, oh, I want to start a podcast with you. So they come. And then what we do is we give them like this four page questionnaire <laughs> and it's like, it's like an SAT. Right. It's like, who are you? What do you do? What do you want to do? What are your first 20 shows? Like right. who will be your guests? What will be the topics? And the thing is, is everyone has a good idea for an hour right. is what I always say. Right. Like, cause you're at dinner with your girlfriends. You're like, we should start a podcast yeah. or like, you know, we should do start a clothing line right. or like, I should start a blog. And you have ideas for like one hour or three right. posts. Right. And then after that, you're like, Oh, so we make people like do these like crazy long plans because it's like to plan out a launch of something. It's like, 
It's more than just your one hour of good right. ideas. No, totally. That's actually hilarious. Um, <laughs> we didn't make you do that. You well, right. had your show. <laughs> I wonder what I would have said if I was like, oh, what are my first 20 seconds? I don't know. I listened to this podcast that used to be a radio show. It's about sports. It's called the Tony Kornheiser Show. He's uh-huh. like a sports guy. I love it. It's an hour and a half a day, five days a week. He you used- listen to it every day? I, I do. I haven't listened to it yet today, but I do. And he used to be like on radio and he always says, everyone thinks they can do my job, be a radio person. And you probably could on Monday after football season. And you probably maybe could on Tuesday. But what's your Thursday show? Yes. Like when there's no sports or like maybe there's been one game and there's no news drop and nothing happened over the weekend. And he's always like, some days he'll come on and I'll be like, today is a real Thursday show and he'll t- he'll shoot this shit about anything but yes. like it's kind of that same thing it's like you have this great idea but how do you fill it out and not, that's not to say that you can't it's just like right. you have to think about these things at some point no it's true and I, <laughs> I I even get that like a little bit with my job on entertainment tonight um I think that like after the Oscars it's real easy to be a TV host. Yeah. Oh my god Nicole Kidman's dress yeah. oh my god Leo kissed his mom oh. right. but like on a Thursday, when the lead story is Jennifer Lopez wore pants right. and nothing is happening and we still have to go on to 5 million people or on a day when, you know, Michael Jackson dies and it's like this horrible news. Like, right. that's not a fun day. It's right. not fun to be like Prince is gone. Like, right. ugh. Um, and so that you're, it's exactly the same thing. It's like, it's easy to be like, oh my God, yeah. they're engaged. I'm yeah. like, that's easy. Right. The, the hard stuff is like when there's nothing and you're like, we do it with Lady Gang TV too. Like sometimes in our allegedly what's happening, like our little hot topics, there'll be great weeks and there'll be weeks where like, these are the stories. Right. Yeah. And we're like, well, we can make about. anything funny. So. Right. That's right. <laughs> well, that's what works about you guys. Okay. Talking about your job on ET, what celebrity have you met where you actually like Kelty in your heart fangirled? It's really nerdy. The ones that get me are Paula Abdul (gasps) every time. Mm. And it's, it's almost to a point where I think she's going to get a restraining order. (laughs) Paula Abdul is my life is the first compact disc I own. Shut up and dance. Like I, and you know, growing up in like the early nineties, like you had a discman or a CD player. And I mean, I had a tape player too. I'm kind of old, but, um, and like, that's it. Like there wasn't a Spotify where you could like, I'll listen to a million songs. Yeah. Like you had your one disc and you played it over and over for two years straight. Yes. That was Paul Abdul. I love Paul. I used to make my brother perform like the rap rabbit oh. on the um, opposite track. DJ Scat Cat. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I obviously was Paula. There was a lot of choreography straight up was also a really yes. big number in my house. Oh, Big number. <laughs> big number. Yeah. So I like loved Paula. And when I see her, it just kind of blows my mind that I'm like sitting next to like in the same space as her. Yeah. Because I grew up in Northern Canada and like I was into celebrity. I was more into like New York Broadway than I was into like Us Weekly. Right. So for me... I was like, oh, it's whoever, actor, whatever, number five. I don't really care. But it, like Paula Abdul, really. And then I know this is like so cliche, but the first time I interviewed Oprah, I was mm. like, I get it. I understand your orbit. Right. I understand like you, when Oprah's looking at you, she really makes you feel like you're the only person in the world that matters. And I was wow. like, oh, I'm like Kelty on this TV show. Like I'm not, you're not inviting me to harvest. Like right. you're nobody, you know? And she just has this 
God, I wish I had that power to be that same kind of human. I just don't. I have too many things on my mind. I want to be that person too yeah. one day, but we'll see. Um, okay. What about something that's super glamorous about your job? And then what's something that's like kind of garbage that maybe people wouldn't think is kind of garbage if you have one of those? Yeah. So the most glamorous stuff, and this is perfect timing because the Met Gala is f- a couple days away from when this is going to air. Um and getting the planning of like finding a dress, mm. getting it fitted, picking out my accessories, <laughs> like the glam of having like a professional hair and makeup team come and do you and make you so beautiful. And you take the photos and you're like, I am so amazing. Um, that is like the most glamorous thing. I love a red carpet. I really love a look. Okay. Like I know I'm not a star and I know that I go way over and people are like, why is she trying so hard? I'm not trying hard. I'm fulfilling my soul of a showgirl. And like, I just love a fucking costume. Sorry. I don't mean to swear. I love a costume so much. You can swear here. Don't worry. Okay. I love a costume. So I, um, that is the most glamorous. I think the thing that people don't realize is that, I mean, up until I I changed jobs like two years ago, my call time was 3.45 every morning. Mm. So I was working from 3.45 until like 9.30 at night. And when I say like I was working, like I didn't have time to eat lunch. Like I went, I got in the makeup chair at 3.45 and then I was on a red carpet at night. And I think that people don't really necessarily see the hours. Mm -hmm. Like for the last month, I had the entire month two days where I didn't have to work in some way, two days where I didn't have to have like an eyelash glued, a hairdo, an outfit working. Um, because when you're in these positions where you maybe have the job that everyone wants, you can't really say no. So when they're like, Oh, you're going to fly to New York and do this interview on a Sunday. And you're like, okay. And then they're like, and then you're going to turn around and take the red eye. And then you're going to go to San Francisco. And then you're going to, you know, it's just that the hours and that sounds I always have a trouble complaining about it because then I'm like, well, what about the moms? Right. Like their jobs never stop. So like, who am I to think like, oh, I'm supposed to have a day where like people right. aren't bothering me like, right. or be a mother. Um, but it is hard because uh, there's a lot of small talk and I am an introvert, which mm-hmm. we talked about. So it's like I have to go on set and then if the star isn't there, I have to like small talk with all the people around me for like two hours. That is like exhausting for me. Right. Like I just want to sit in the corner and be like, okay, I'm going to charge up before Jennifer <laughs> comes in here. But um, – it's just a lot of like detail and there's a lot of studying. Like before the Grammys, we did the Grammy red carpet this year. I mean, I'm in full on SAT mode. I have a little card with every star's name. There's like 400 of them and like wow. who they're married to, when their birthday was, when's the last record, what, how many Grammys have they been nominated for, how many they won. And I memorize it all. So like anyone can walk up to me on the carpet and I instantly know. I don't need to fumble with a card. Like Right. And I don't have to do that, but that's like how I run. That's my, your personality. That's how I run too. my business. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Taking care of your health isn't always easy, but it should be at least simple. That's why for the last three plus years, I have been drinking AG1 every day, no exceptions. It's just one scoop mixed in water once a day, every day. And it makes me feel nourished and strong enough to tackle whatever else might come my way. That's because each serving of AG1 delivers my daily dose of vitamins, minerals, pre and probiotics, and a lot more. It's a powerful, healthy habit that's also powerfully simple. The nutritional insurance that AG1 provides has been vital to keeping me productive and focused. It helps me cover my bases in just about the time it takes to fill a glass of water, scoop in one scoop of AG1, and then drink it. So I don't know, 75 seconds? With the perfect mix of vitamins, probiotics, and nutrients from Whole Foods, I'm not stuck trying to assemble it all by myself, which would have 
considerably worse results. AG1 saves me all the time and hassle, and it has made such a difference in my overall mood and especially my gut health, among many other things. But don't take my word for it. Go ahead and try AG1. Let me know what you think. Whether you notice you're needing more nutrient support than you're used to, or you just need an edge for a tough workout, AG1 can be the ticket. If there's one product I had to recommend to elevate your health, it's AG1, and that's why I've partnered with them for so long. If you want to take ownership of your health, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3, K2, and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash the stacks. That's drinkag1.com slash the stacks. Check it out. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Okay, well, we're going to slightly transition to books now. Okay, yay. So the first thing, so we started this new thing. It's called Asking the Stacks. Or it's actually called Ask the Stacks, but the email to get your recommendation is askingthestacks at gmail.com. Cute. And people send in an email saying like who they are, what they're interested in, and then we give them a book recommendation. Okay. So today for Ask the Stacks, our person is Bree. Her Instagram is at Brie Esquire Reads. Hi, Brie. Hi, Brie. Here's what she says. I have a wide range of reading tastes. I like adult, YA, middle grade, so feel free to recommend any age level. I have three goals this year. Have less than 50% of my reads be by white authors, Mm -hmm. read at least 25 nonfiction books, Mm -hmm. and read 12 books that will relate to my work as a public defender. Wow. Wow. So we can kind of tap in any of those goals. And then she says she loves To Kill a Mockingbird, The Hate You Give, Just Mercy, Good and Mad, The Bluest Eye. And she didn't love If Beale Street Could Talk or I'm Thinking of Ending Things. So that's our goal. I'll go first. You have a second to think. Okay. My recommendations for you, Brie, are The Sun Does Shine, which was by Anthony Ray Hinton. It's about a guy who was wrongfully convicted and had his and put on death row and his conviction was overturned and Oprah loves it. So obviously I love it. I haven't read it yet, but I know I love it. And then The New Jim Crow by Michelle Alexander. Uh, Both of these authors are black. So that covers all three of your goals. The New Jim Crow is about mass incarceration. Mm -hmm. um, And it's amazing. And then the other book, which I haven't read, but I've heard really good things is called The Fact of a Body by Alexandria Marzano Lesnovich. Mm -hmm. And they are a genderqueer person who wrote a memoir about a true crime. So it kind of combines both things. It's memoir and true crime together and their story about themselves in this crime and the crime itself. So those are my recs for you, Brie. Um, Kelty. Okay. Hold on. I'm in like my deep Google. Okay. Um, well, all right. So I'm not, 
anywhere near Tracy level on books. <laughs> so my recommendations are going to be pretty bad, but I want to tell you, and I don't know if this is going to count. She, okay. not, she wants nonfiction books. Yeah, but she also likes other. She gave us some fiction okay. too, so don't worry. Wait, can I recommend the Crawdad book? Yeah. Where the Crawdad sing? Yeah. Delia, Delia Owens. Okay, have you read it? No, not yet, but you read it and you loved it. Yeah, okay. So because you're like public defender, what's really cool about this story is that it's basically the rights and wrongs of humanity. It's like this this girl, she has this like horrible life growing up. She's like thrown to the wolves kind of. And then she finds this land on this marshland essentially. And, um, and, and builds her whole life where she doesn't need to go into this town that sort of ostracized her in a way. Um, and then like, who does that land belong to? Like she's been living in this March for 50 years. And like, I don't know, there's just like all this righteousness about, you know, the rules of life and how you treat people and like what is right and what is wrong. And so I think you might enjoy that because it's like a very twisted and Reese Witherspoon, it's in her book club and she's making a movie of it. And it was one of those books, this, this character Kaya is this, is she's just like the most fabulous character. <laughs> like I just, okay, I'm doing a horrible job. All right. That's a, my other book that I think everyone should read ever, ever is Shantaram. All right. Is that too old? No, no. Okay. There's no, there's no right and wrong. Okay. I spent most of last year, I had this goal, same as you, I want to read this many books and this many books. I want to read 50 books last year. And I really got stuck in Shantaram for like two months. And then I read the other one, the morning glow, whatever it's, he has like a follow-up book. That's another 1200 pages. So it took me like six months to read both of these books, but it was like the best story I've ever read. And that's all I'm going to say to you. So. Okay. Perfect. Brie, those are your recs. Let us know if you read any of them. Let okay. us know how they go. We want to, yeah. we want to hear back from you. I'm so basic. I'm going to up my game. Now that Stax is on Lady Gang, like I am going to go and be like so obscure and be like, Oh, have you read blah, 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 blah? No, but that, okay. That's the thing about books. Every book is obscure to you. If you don't know it. Do you know what I mean? Like people, I read a ton and I'm like very interested in books and people will tell me a book and I'll be like, I have no, I've never heard of that. And you'll be like, they, you haven't, it's a New York times bestseller. I'm like, yeah, but I feel like things are obscure just because you don't know them. Like it's just not in your wheelhouse. Um, can I ask you something and you can yes. totally cut this out if it's not, if it doesn't work. Um, I want to ask you because I didn't even think about this till you sat down and she asked this question is the same struggle that's going in, in Hollywood with, with black artists happening in books is it harder to get published yes. and yes totally totally so wow. that's actually funny we're there's a big debate going on on book instagram it's called bookstagram yeah. hashtag bookstagram um about not only getting the books published but also getting the books reviewed by what is called own voices reviewers yeah. which are basically the people who review the book are like the characters in the book mm -hmm. so right now publishing is like extremely white wow and Unlike most industries, it's also very women heavy. It's like something like 70 right. or 80% women. Yes. And which is kind of cool. Which is cool. However, it still like means that it's very homogenous. So the books that are getting published are being greenlit by a certain kind of person. Yeah. And because publishing is really hard to get into yeah. and a lot of the jobs require internships. Yeah. Of certain, you have to be from a certain class to be able to do the entry right. level work. You got to go to this school. Well, and you have to be able to afford mm -hmm. to be working full time for free, free. essentially. Right. And so, you know, there's, there is a movement towards publishing more diverse books and there are some publishers that do a really good job and some that have a lot of work to do, wow. but also then to get books to be able to be reviewed and that's important because you might miss something in a book about a Native American story mm -hmm. if that's not where you come from. Mm -hmm. And 
you might think, oh, this seems really far-fetched. And so when you write your review, you're like, the book wasn't that believable. It was good. The writing was fine, but it wasn't that believable. And if that book had been reviewed by someone who's Native American, they can say, oh, my God, this is my life. Right on. This is right on. Mm-hmm. Or, oh, my God, this is horrible. Who This person who wrote this book has no idea about mm-hmm. what's going on. And so that's really, really important. And that helps book sales. So if you want a And then the other part of it is there's this thing called comps, Mm -hmm. which are if you pitch a book and you're like, I'm Kelty, I'm writing a book about being a host. It's kind of like, and you'd say like six six or seven books that it's like, well, if you're an author of color, who's writing about a genderqueer Native American girl Mm -hmm. off the reservation who like lives in the city, there isn't a comp comp for that. Mm -hmm. And so it's harder to sell your book. It's Mm -hmm. harder to get. And so like, there's a, there's an article, which I'll link to the show notes about comps from last year and like the percentages were just terrifyingly terrible so yeah there that's all part of it's all it's going on everywhere Mm -hmm. right this like drive for diversity and inclusion Mm -hmm. and equity in publishing and these stories and a few years back the atlantic published something saying that i believe college educated black women are the most likely people to read a book and you would never think that based on what's published wow um, I don't know if that's still true. I think that was like 2014 or 15. Sure, but sure. even still, like, I don't think that that is the person. When I read the article, I was like, really? Yeah. I was like, I am a college educated black woman. And I feel like that's not real. Yeah. But it's true, actually, when you think about it. Because yeah. I was thinking, like, as you were answering your recommendations, I was like, oh, well, like, let's think of, like, who you've read that's been a black author. And I'm like, I don't know that, like. I mean, other than RuPaul, like, I don't know that anyone, like, stands out, like, (laughs) that I necessarily, I'm sure I have, but, like, it hasn't been, anyway, so I'm going to, okay, I'm going to diversify my book supporting. Yeah, it's diversify your bookshelf. There you go. We'll we'll help you with that. If anybody else has diversifying their bookshelf goals, this is a good place to be. Mm. Okay, so we're going to start with you, two books you love and one book you hate. Okay. The first book I ever fell in love with that really changed my life was Wally Lamb. Mm. Um, She's Come Undone. Mm-hmm. I have read that book probably five or six times over the years. I read it. I mean, it's very old, but um, it was just a book that like, I just fell in love with the style of writing and felt like, oh, I can find myself in a character because I think up until then I was quite young when I like discovered it, but I was reading books to escape. And that was the first book that I fell in love with. I was like, oh, other than like, are you there? God, it's me, Margaret. (laughs) Um, But I, I fell in love with her as a character and was like, oh, I can like really understand some of this. So that book I think changed, um, really, 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 really changed me. Oh, Okay, another book that I really, really loved um, that has served me is Barbara Walters' memoir called Audition. It is huge. It is massive. It's like 600 pages. But I found so much great advice on being a – she was such a forefront – first of all, I love a biography. That's like my number one. Like I always like a true story of someone's life. And I hate when they're written badly. Like when people throw it together, you can Mm -hmm. totally tell. Mm -hmm. But like a great celebrity memoir – I love it. So that book really, like, it just changed my life. I love the way she... Can I give you one more that, like, really, now that I'm looking at my list? There's an amazing book. It's by an indie author. I want everyone to know about it, so I'm going to shout it out right now. I had an old intern here, and she... um, Her name's Dideen, and I'm going to... Dideen, I'm going to mess up your last name. Umnyana, and she's from Rwanda, and she wrote her memoir. It's called Embracing Survival. Both of her parents were killed oh in the Rwandan genocide in front of her. Nope. Um, and she was six years old, and she was homeless. And anyway, her entire story 
I never, I went to Rwanda last year for a charity mission and I never really understood the genocide because this wasn't something I studied in school. It wasn't mm-hmm. something that mm-hmm. I, I mean, I saw Hotel Rwanda and I knew the story and I knew about the history books, but I got really into it. Her book was the most heartbreaking thing. I mean, people getting their arms like cut off in front of, I mean, it was so insane. But this book of her being like, nope, this doesn't define me. And then coming and then knowing her, she came here. She was intern at Entertainment Tonight. Like it was just life changing. And it's like on Amazon, it's $11. All the money goes to her. Like she's self-published, Embracing Survival. That'll be in the show notes, people. Okay. Um, Book you hate. Oh my God. The Mountain Shadow. I don't know that. The Mountain Shadow is the follow-up to Shantaram. Oh, okay. So Shantaram is like 1,200 pages of like the most amazing story, the most amazing characters. You love them so much. And it was a worldwide hit. Like, oh my God, amazing, amazing. The rights for the movie and Netflix has been going around for 10 years. And then the author wrote The Mountain Shadow, which is the follow-up. Another 1,200 words. The most disappointing book. It's like the characters that you love later in their lives and Uh. all the magic is gone. And it's just like (laughs) shit for shit, throwing ideas. I mean, it is the most, I I almost quit it a hundred times. And then, cause it's so long. I'm like, I am so invested in this. But then I thought, oh, what if it gets good at some point? Right. Do you allow yourself to quit books? I do. I do. It's hard for me. It's hard. I do. Sometimes I just put a book down. I like, I'm not that into it in the moment, but I know that I'll go back to it. Mm -hmm. So I kind of just, it's like, it's in my house. If I really want it, I can go back. There's, I'm not a giver upper, but this book, I was like, this is so shit. And I can tell that your publisher was like, write another Chanteron. Of course. Sometimes my husband's in the music business and he's like, sometimes like an artist, like he always says Maroon 5, like, Maroon 5 has one songs about Jane. Right. Like they're going to release 10 more albums that are great, but like there's one song right. about Jane. Like right. everyone has one first album. And I think sometimes an author has You're like one. that. They have one great novel in them. And then right. like this next one was like, ooh. Yeah. That's no good. What about the last great book you read? The last great book I read was The Honey Bus. I don't know that either. Oh my God. See? Obscure. This okay. is all obscure to me. The author is named <laughs> Meredith May. Um, the book is about this girl, uh, she has this sort of hard upbringing with a hard family, hard mother and a grandfather who on his property has this old bus where he farms, like has beehives. Uh And so it's like, that's why it's called the honey bus. Got it. And she has to be a certain age before she's allowed. And the time she spends in the bus with her grandfather, like just changes his life because he's like this really wise, like overcoming adversity story when this book ended or towards the end of it um the i'm not gonna ruin any i'm not gonna spoil it yeah no spoilers okay i bawled like a baby okay. <laughs> like i was so emotionally attached to these characters it's um wait so fiction is not real okay so it's a fiction story but oh my god i bawled like i was like so attached to these people and i was like i want i think this is turning into a movie too it's so good okay honey bus honey bus what are you reading right now um, oh my God. Right now I just finished that work party book and I have a book on my bookshelf and I'm reading it and I'm like halfway through and I can't remember. I'm not going to be able to remember the title. Sorry. It's okay. It's a bad one. Don't worry. Do you read multiple books? Because I just books? got a library card. <sighs> so now I'm like really deep in like my library card. Do life. you do audiobooks or no Kindle or anything? No, I tried to get into the Kindle. I can't. I got to hold it. I got to smell it. I got to like, I got to know. I got to have it with me, which is annoying because when I go on vacation. Okay. I, I'm going to change your life. Ready? Oh. So I don't 
I am strong. I used to have a joke with my sister-in-law that I was going to start a movement called books, bitch, which was just about physical books. Mm-hmm. I've since become less of an asshole about that, but okay. I went to Japan 18 days, took some books, but borrowed my best friend's Kindle. Mm-hmm. And what I put on it, and this was huge for me as I borrowed from the library books I already physically owned so that when I got home, or if I wasn't that into it, or if I started and didn't finish, I could still finish the actual book. So it's like doubling up, but because it's library, I didn't have to pay for it. So it felt like okay to do that. And if it ran out, I still had the actual book. And I ended up reading two books on Kindle, the first two books I've ever e-read in my life. And it was like, okay, because I knew I had kind of like a backup plan for travel only. I don't know about that. It worked for me. Also, you can do also, audio you're books. a real nerd. I am. <laughs> that's like, that's a level of even nerdiness that, ooh, okay. Well, it's true. It's true. No, but it's I, true. Do, I do audio book through the library too. But how, when do you audio book? On my car ride over here. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm folding laundry, when I'm in the shower, if I'm not listening to a podcast. Mm-hmm. So podcasts always go first and then mm-hmm. audio books. Also, you can, I found out you can speed up audio books. Yeah. So I do, I'm listening to Kamala Harris's book right now mm-hmm. at 1.5. It's a little nasal, but it's, pretty much great. Um, let's see. What are there anything is there anything on your list that you're looking forward to reading like well, books now on I your shelf? I want to read that one. Kamala's? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. Is it good? Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, it's like a mix of memoir and kind of like policy and a little bit of like tooting her own horn kind of thing. Do you think that she has a good shot? I hope so. Yeah, she seems like a great woman. Yeah, I like her a lot. I like what she's done. She's from Oakland, which is where I'm from. I, I went to high school with her niece. So I she's been on my radar for a long time. I like her a lot. Um, I don't have a book that's on my list, but I have one more recommendation. Go ahead. Um, I, you know, I cover the Oscars at entertainment and yeah. all the award shows. So usually the books that are the movies that end up winning the big awards are yeah. usually based on a great book right. from like years ago. And this year, all the books were kind of shit except for black Klansman. Oh, the movie. If you, you like s- the book. I like the book. See, I did not like the book. I liked the movie. See, I hated the movie. Interesting. They're yeah. different. They're not the same. They're not the same story. No, I like. The book was remedial. Yeah. Like it was like very simple. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I also was like in the middle of a chin surgery and like on a lot of drugs when I read it. But I just thought it was like, I really enjoyed it more than I've enjoyed any, what I'd call like Oscar books. Yeah. Because a lot of times like the movies are based on like this, this book and like, I don't know. Did you read The Wife by Meg no. Wolitzer? So that was a book. I haven't read it either, but I've heard the movie was insane. And I've heard the book is really good. Oh, I want, I would put that on my And list. she has a new book, um, The Female Persuasion, I think that came out last year. The cover is really cool. It's like bright colors. Oh. Um, let's see. You, well, you talked about this a little bit. Do you have a reading goal for yourself this year? Yes. So last year I wanted to read uh, 100 books, okay. 2018. It was lofty. I think okay. I got like 12. It was okay. bad because I read really big, long, like really i had the michelle obama like i mean yeah. i just had like a lot of really big books so this year i'm doing 50 books and okay. i'm already at 22 oh which i feel really good about and i think it's because i started my bullet journal this year and now i'm writing down every book and like a little review of it in mm. my bullet journal so it's keeping me like super motivated i love that um and i've also like i read every night before i go to bed okay. that's like how i calm down so i've been like really on a tangent of like reading so i i would like to read 50 books but i also i'm such a a type uh, people pleaser that like I want to read the books because mm-hmm. I can skim a book. Right. I want to really read, really read it. Sit well, down. you are almost on track 
for a hundred, yeah. you know. And some of them are big and some of them are like little. And now that I have the library card, I feel, cause I used to buy my books at Costco. Mm. Um, cause they're like always a little bit, yeah. you know, and then I just like realized I was spending so such a yeah. ridiculous amount of money. And I started a book exchange here at the CBS offices and I was like the only one doing it. <laughs> There's a great one, our New York office, because our New York uh, entertainment tonight office gets all the books from the publishers, which uh, like you get yes, as well. Yeah. And so whenever I go there, I like always steal like 10 or whatever books, but um, here no one wanted to do the book exchange with me. So I was just like, I just have piles of books and then I'm like, I give I'll them exchange to a friend. books with you. No, I know. I I'm thought... going to like give you a box. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm going to give you a box. <laughs> I'm uh, sure. Are there any things that you wish were different about your reading life? You read a lot. So are there things that you wish you could change about it? Yeah. I I think that the having now being a member of the Stacks is going to change me a little bit. I think that my, um, like we were talking about before, I think my reading is not super diversified. I'm someone who spends a lot of time in airports. Mm -hmm. And so I think that whatever those top shelf books are that have the major publishers right. before them be that get in the fronts of bookstores or the fronts right. of, you know, bodegas in the airport, um, that's what I pick up. Right. And so I want I think that I really want to help you to help me support <laughs> authors and use my power and my platform to like help authors that maybe wouldn't necessarily get there to Yay. be successful. You I know what that. I mean? Yeah. It just takes a little bit of a shift in your thinking too, because I keep track of my books on the crazy spreadsheet. I'll send it to you. I'm sure you'll geek out about it, but uh, it tracks my percentages. And like, if I were left to read on my own devices, just based on what I like, which is like a lot of true crime and nonfiction, I would read a ton of white men because that's also who is allowed to publish those kinds of books. <laughs> and so I actively am like, okay, like right now yeah, I'm like 35 books or something into the year and I'm at like 58% men. So I'm like, right. okay, I need to pick up some women books. I'm like, it's a conscious effort for me. And that's someone who is like very focused on making sure that my bookshelf represents like what I want the world to represent. Yeah. So I think for, for most people, if you're not thinking about it, you're, it, it's really easy to read a bunch of white guys or a bunch of white ladies or a bunch of people who look like you. And it, it's good to diversify, but also those tables, publishers pay to have the book facing out. Right. Or on those front tables at Barnes & Noble. That first table that you walk into, Sponsored. the book that's like sitting up facing you when you walk in the door, yeah. there was money. Yes. Just so you know, people. Yeah. No, I know. And I'm like, you know, why don't we, I need to like use my power to, and that's one of the things like the library has been awesome about is that you can go in and you can find books and right. there's like, I don't know. And if you live in a place, not like us in LA, where you go to your library and you ask about a book and they don't have it, you can ask them to get the book mm -hmm. and that helps your library obviously diversify, but it also helps with book sales and it lets people know that like, that's a book that the library should have. Same with pre-ordering books. Mm -hmm. That really helps an author, especially a diverse author um, or an author of color or of gender identity, whatever it is. If you're pre, if they're getting high pre-orders, the publisher is going to say, Oh, we, we need a second printing or, Oh, yeah. we should be pushing this book more, more in bookstores. People are interested in mm -hmm. it. So if you're passionate about that kind of stuff, those are things you can do as an individual calling your library and say, make sure you have this when it comes out. Yeah. And interesting. Um, you know, this is like, we haven't really announced it, but I, I know, you know, like lady gang, we're putting together a book. And when we were going around to all the publishers and working on contracts and stuff, I found it so, so interesting that like, if you, if you purchase, have you talked about this before in your show? No, I don't if know. you go and you purchase a book on amazon.com, 
like a hardcover paperback mm-hmm. or whatever, it counts as like 0.25 of an actual book towards mm-hmm. like the sales of the author's book. If you go to an independent bookstore, it's weighted. So that counts as like if you buy one book at an independent bookstore in your town, it counts as like four books wow. towards like I'm saying towards the New York Times bestseller list, which is like a dream. Mm-hmm. But but um you know, like it's all, if you go to a Barnes and Noble, it counts as like something else. So it's like this really weird, um, you know, if you're an indie artist and you self-publish something and the easiest way to put it out is like on Audible or like an Amazon account, you can't really staff your book into like a book, vintage bookstore in Idaho, but like you're losing out because you'll never make the list. So one of the things that exists is a website called IndieBound. I don't know if you know about it, but yeah, so you can shop on IndieBound and either generally support independent bookstores or you can shop through IndieBound and buy from your local bookstore. So it's basically like a way to make it. Or if you live somewhere and you're like, I don't like my local bookstore. I want to shop at that bookstore in Tennessee. Mm -hmm. Then you can do it that way too. And we link to IndieBound also in the show notes. So if you want to shop through IndieBound, if that's more convenient for you, that's an option. I am a big fan of get your books wherever you feel like you can get your books. So if you think you have to shop through Amazon and that's the way you have to do it, get your book. Yeah. And if you're a library person, get your book. Yeah. But there's definitely ways to get your book yeah. to support authors yeah. and artists and all that stuff. Yeah. And I'm an advocate for all book things. I love it. Um, Honey, those <laughs> links going to be hit up. Yeah. Let's go. Let's go rock out IndieBound this week. Um, okay. Do you have a favorite bookstore since we're here? I don't. I no. mean, I should. I, I, I love a bookstore though. Yeah. But not a, not a particular Kelty favorite. No, I spend so much time in airports. Like my yeah. favorite, my favorite bookstore is LAX. It's horrible, <laughs> <laughs> so shitty. What's the last book that made you laugh? Um, you know what? I just finished Karamo. Um, oh, okay. Karamo from Queer Eyes, mem- memoir-ish book. Um, he made me cry a lot, but he made me laugh a lot, especially in the lo- his whole book. Like the first, you know, fifteen chapters are about his life. Um, and then his last little bit is about the queer eye auditions and like how it all came down for them to be in the queer eye, the new five, five. And it's just a funny, he's a funny guy. I've not even seen the new queer eye. It's really good. I've heard it's good. I don't know. I don't watch any TV anymore. Yeah. What was a book where you felt like you learned a lot? Oh, Yes. You know what? Um, I'm going to go back to Work Party. So Work Party is this book by Jacqueline Johnson. She created this thing called Create and Cultivate because she realized that there were all these um, sort of like better yourself business uh, conferences for men. Mm-hmm. And there wasn't anything for like young millennial women that had to do with like better yourself, but also like an Instagram feed and like all right. this stuff. Um, and so Create and Cultivate is this huge worldwide like you go for a weekend and you have all these speakers and it's amazing. So she wrote this book called work party and it is like the tough love of being a woman in the workforce. And there were so many tips and thoughts and things that she brought up about contracts. And, you know, a lot of times like I'll get these, this is like stupid, but I'll get these like little deals for lady gang. Like, Oh, Hey, will you guys come here and do this thing? And I'll be like, yeah, yeah. And I'll just sign the contract. And like, God, I should have had a lawyer look at that. Like, I don't know what I'm signing, you know? So it was like a lot of like how to, how to nail an interview. And the thing that really stuck out to me was that she said like, your reputation is your reputation from day one. So like you don't get successful and then decide you're going to be like a nice person that everyone's going to like. So like your hustle on the way up. Um, And I have the issue of like that I can be 
in my introversion, um, I can be like kind of short with people. Like I'm really, I describe myself as a boss bitch. Like I have a lot on my plate. I have a lot to do. I'm like a to-do list person where right. I'm like, okay, let's go through all these things. Let's get them done. And it's not cause I don't love you or I want to coddle you or I want to like everyone to feel fuzzy and warm right. inside. But like, I'm trying to, I'm a business woman. So sometimes that I think can come off like Becca um, Tobin will be like, it's not that you're mean. It's that your tone is cold. Mm. And I'm like, Ugh. and then when I read Jacqueline's book, she was talking about, she's like, your reputation follows you forever. So if you, people think you're cold or they think your tone is off or they think you're like difficult or whatever, I hate the thing of like difficult, difficult women. is bullshit. I'm like, go yes. fuck yourself. But, yeah. um, but you know, that'll follow you forever. And I've sort of gotten myself down a hole because when we were making the lady gang TV show, I was so precious about it. Cause I mean, this is our brand. This is our baby. And Becca and Jack are like a little bit more like, it's going to be what it's going to be. And I'm like, no, it has to be like, I just, right. and I, I really got into a place where I think I was like possibly cruel, not cruel, but like mean or anal or difficult for sure. Um, and then I was like, ooh, any of these like 40 people that I've been working with on this project, when I go see them in 10 years on a different project, they're going to be like, ooh, right. she was hot. She's it's a real dick. You know, like yeah. everyone says that Ellen is like such a dick. Mm -hmm. They're like, oh, Ellen is like such right. a bitch. And you're like, well, Ellen, she's like America's sweetheart. Right. Like behind the scenes, she's has this reputation of being like really awful. And I don't want to be that person. Right. Right. Nobody wants to be so that So work person. party. I really liked it, actually. What about a book that brings you joy? The book that always brings me joy, um, oh, A Dog's Purpose. <laughs> I love any dog. I just, I've read like so many of them. I love any Through the Eyes of a Dog story. Okay. I'm a sucker for a goddamn golden Have you retriever. Have heard of The Friend? No. It came out last year. I don't know if it's Through the Eyes of a Dog. I know it's about a dog and a woman who's a writer maybe or something, but it won the National Book Award oh. in the fall. So it's like, it's a big, it's a big deal book, but it was a small book. Nobody talked about it. It's also tiny, I think. Oh. And apparently it's about a dog and people love it. Okay. I just read this book unsaid by Mitch Album, who wrote the five mm -hmm. people you meet in heaven oh, yeah, or whatever. I know him well. It's like maybe the worst Mitch book uh -huh. and definitely the worst dog's point of view book, uh -huh. but like still so enjoyable. <laughs> <laughs> I love when a dog is like, where are my people? Like, yeah. Like, oh, they left the food. They must be gone. Do, woof, woof, woof. I, no. Yes. I mean, sure. <laughs> sure, Tracy. Take it to the It's not level. really in my wheelhouse, but that should surprise zero people. Um, no, no one's surprised by that. You're no, not like... Oh. I like hate fiction. I don't hate fiction. I'm learning to like it, but like anything that's like make-believe, I don't like magic. I don't like... I'm but like, I don't I don't like fantasy. I mean, I read the Harry Potters because you had to culturally. But like, I don't like fantasy. I'm not into sci-fi. Like, but I don't really like... Like, just... I don't like, you don't like I like story. I like a heavy like I like plot and I like like heavy I like dark I want to feel the weight of the, the world <laughs> like that's like my my jam like I like a book about like a prison the, I like <laughs> the dark arts yeah. okay. unless like something terrible has happened to this dog I'm probably not interested and it would well, be... usually someone dies right and the dog always dies at the end oh well spoiler. <laughs> guess I don't have to read it now. There's always um, a bearing of a dog where you're just weeping in a corner. You're like, oh, sorry, dog funeral, not available. Um, this is terrible. <laughs> I, I like dogs. They're lovely. What's a book you feel embarrassed about never having read? Probably everything political. Okay. Like, I know that I'm supposed to read all of the politics books. Um, the last politics book I think I read was like the 9-11 uh, files. Remember when that oh, came out? Yeah, like the whole big report. I mean I read like Hillary Clinton's but I like read Obama's, like I read those books, but like I don't know. Like history yeah. current event. More historical. Like okay. if it's like the 
this is the battle of whatever. Oh, yeah. I'm not into it. Okay. I haven't read any of that. And you know what's also messed up is that, and I don't know if any Canadian listeners will agree with this. In Canada, when I was growing up, I studied like British history and I studied Asian history because mm-hmm. it's like a large melting pot of Asian people in Canada, but we never studied U.S. history. So mm-hmm. like all of that, the like ba- embattled history of the United States, like I've had to learn as an adult. Well, do you know in America, they don't actually teach U.S. history. They oh. teach some like weird version of events where it's like a lot, a lot, a lot of like pre-revolutionary war, a little like they're like, there was this thing called slavery and then we fought to end it. And then it's like, Okay, civil rights. Like there's like a <laughs> home like twenty there's a, years. There's missing. a war called the Korean War that was fought and lots of people died. And I read a book last year that was the first time I ever learned anything about the Korean War. And yeah. America was part of that war. Like wow. Vietnam was like we fought in Vietnam, maybe we lost. We're not sure. Nobody knows what really happened. Okay. So like, okay. And then okay. Reagan. And yeah. you're like, What? So don't yeah. feel too bad. You probably know what Americans know about American history. Kelty. I know that you guys are doing a Lady Gang book, mm-hmm. but if there was going to be a book of Kelty's life, mm-hmm. who would you want to write it? Probably you. <laughs> I can't write. It's going to be notes. <laughs> it's going to have to have a murder in it. It'll so be a it'll podcast. Be like, It'll yeah. be me being like, so then Kelty went to the store. Then. So I don't know if you know this about me. It's super embarrassing. I self-published a book. You did? When I was like in my 20s. Yes. About what? So it, this is so embarrassing. Oh my God, I'm so excited. We're going to buy it. Okay. It's called Rockets, Rockstars, and Rock Bottom. Mm. I mean, it is so emo. Okay. I was spending a lot of time on the Warp Tour. So I had this blog um, called High Kicks and High Hopes. And I, in my 20s, was like codependent. I loved a boy. Okay. I loved boys and I loved rock stars. So I did mm-hmm. three in a row okay. and it was terrible every time. And so I wrote, I took this collection of blogs and then turned it into this like, why do I just keep dating the same guy over and over again? And then the story of like, now I'm going to be alone and I'm going to figure out how to love myself. Um, so it's like 60,000 pages or 60,000 words and it's pretty pathetic. It's very remedial, but I love it. Okay. So I wrote that. So you'd write your own book. I'd write my own book. But now, um, first of all, no one would want the book about my life because it's like literally me sitting in the corner crying and then like being out <laughs> like fun at work. You're a rockette. You are on entertainment tonight. You're like do cool things. People would be so interested. I will say I have a great idea for a book when okay. I retire. You're going to write I'm going to write a fucking burn book of Hollywood. Ooh. I have everything written down. I have all my stories and I'm going to name the names. Please I'm going to be like... Julia Roberts, you were awful. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to I'm gonna really go there and say the things that I want to say. Because Kathy Griffin did that book. This is not in your wheelhouse. But she did like an A to Z of Hollywood. Okay. And on every letter, she was like, J, Josh Groban, the biggest player in Hollywood that no one would expect is like, oh. like fucking everyone. Like, it's wild. Anyway, I want to write that book. That's really mean-spirited. But I think it'll be really fun. I, I'll read that. We'll That's do a it real on the one. Sex. That's a real one. We'll do it. I love that. Okay. And there'll be a murder, so don't worry. Yes. Someone well, will go to prison in that. Well, book. there have been some Hollywood murders. Yeah, we exactly. Can get it in. I'll read it. I'll. I love it. I love a petty. I love a mean. You do. I do. I know. I love. I love petty. I know. I love petty too. The it's Lady so Gang great. book is very petty, so you'll oh, be very. Excited I can't about wait. That. Oh my god. What, can we? Do you know when that is supposed to be eventually in the world? I don't know. Like twenty twenty one. No, 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 no. I think it'll be twenty twenty. Oh. Wow, fast. Yeah. It's like we're almost done. Wow, amazing. Okay, well, I love that. We'll be talking about this. Don't worry. Okay, this is pretty much my last one. Okay. I steal this one from the New York 
times by the book. If you could require the current president of the United States to read one book, what would it be? God. <sighs> Kelty is shooketh. Well, I mean, in my humble opinion, the current president of the United States it's, needs a lot of books. Yeah. Um. Well, can he read? This, com- this comes up a lot when I ask this question. Yeah. The thing is, this question came from the New York Times, and they did it before. Like, it used to be you were asked telling Obama. And yeah. I think they probably did it even before then. Um, it's, like, part of this questionnaire that they do with different authors. So now the question feels, like, really weighted and heavy and almost yeah. kind of mean-spirited. Yeah. But it's not – that's not the intention of the question or the book or, yeah. or the question or of the New York Times. It just so happened that given – what happened in 2016, the president wasn't someone that necessarily could read, that we thought could read. Right, right, right. That we're sure about. You know what? I will say, I don't have a good answer for this, but I'm going to say, I was so impressed with Michelle. I mean, I know Michelle Obama's book is like such a juggernaut and like, of course, it's fabulous. But you know what really struck me in it that I think that our current president could read is like, just not take yourself so seriously. Mm -hmm. Like that you are the president and you have the nuclear codes, but at the same time, your energy is the energy of a country, you know? And I thought that there was like, in Michelle's book, she was like, I just wanted to like roll down the window or like, I just wanted to like go out to target. And, you know, I think of course everything is seriously, but like there is a pettiness to the media world and like, but I, I liked how in her book she was sort of open about turning the eye to that and knowing, like, not everyone's going to like me. Not, I'm not right. – like, but ha-ha-ha, joke's on you. I'm right. still happy and I right. love my husband and, like, everything's going to be okay in the end. Right. I don't know. I think there's a lesson there. That's what I loved about the book. Like, I, I love the inner working of, like, understanding her mindset to, yeah. like, not go insane yeah. in that little bubble of not being able to open the windows in your house. Right. Yeah. No, it's true. I haven't finished it. I'm like 75% through it. I'm listening to it also. Yeah. And I agree. I also love that she failed the bar the first time. You know? So did Kamala Harris. Oh, that she said that in her book too? They both failed the bar the first time, which is like, if at first you don't succeed, you could run for president and or be the first lady and like also go to like be a huge deal. Even if you fail the first time, whatever your thing is. Like what a lesson. Most people fail the bar the first time. I don't know. I know people do. I don't know yeah. if most people do, yeah. but I also don't know that I would think these two very right. accomplished women that I know and think are just perfect and amazing and mm-hmm. wonderful would. I have such a good Michelle Obama story. Can I tell you yeah. right before? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, we could close with this. Okay. We'll close with Michelle Obama. Okay. So I had just finished reading her book around the Grammy time, which was February. Um, and I was hosting the Grammys for CBS with Eve uh, from the talk, you know, okay. yeah, Rough Rider Eve. Yes. You know? And so we, for the last section of the show, Eve and I were like carted underneath the Staples Center and we threw to, you know, Alicia Keys right. being like, and the Grammys start right now. And so Eve and I are standing there in our little, little dresses and we're like holding our mics. We're ready, like counting down in our ear. Okay, okay, ready. And like this buzz, this energy starts coming. And I see this like sequin pantsuit, like <gasps> strutting. It is Michelle freaking Obama. Ugh. And like, I'm telling you, the air was different. She's so tall. I didn't, I mean, I knew she was tall, but like, honey is a goddamn supermodel. Right. I mean, she is so right. tall. Her presence, like, it is even a bigger presence than like Oprah Winfrey. Wow. Like, she has this aura around her that's just like, and there's all the Secret Service and they're like getting everyone out right. of the way. And Michelle Obama comes over to Eve and she's like, Eve! 
Eve, girl. And she's like tapping her on the ass. And so then Michelle, and then like, she kind of like makes eye contact, walks away. And as she walks away, I'm like, oh my God, I didn't like get to meet her. And I think Eve was kind of like, afterwards I bugged Eve. I was like, why the fuck didn't you introduce me to Michelle? And Eve was like, I'm sorry. I was like so caught off guard, whatever. Anyway, so Michelle walks away and there's a video that we have of me just yelling after her. I loved your book. (laughs) I just yelled it in her direction. I loved your book. Like a loser. Oh my god. Oh my god. I love that. Anyway. That's so good. She was amazing. Okay, well we're gonna end with I love your book. Um <laughs> I love your book. I love your book. She's like, yeah, so did the whole fucking She's world. Like, Have the you best heard of me? book of all time. So next week we're back. We're talking about Tiny Beautiful Things by Cheryl Strayed. There won't be spoilers. If you don't know about the book, it's a book of advice from when she was an advice columnist. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's my second time reading it. I love this book. So check it out if you want to read it. If not, you can still tune in next week. Kelty will be back. We'll be talking about it. Kelty, thank you for being here. And we will see you guys in the stacks. Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode. And thank you to Kelty Knight for being our guest. Kelty's back next week to talk about Tiny Beautiful Things by Cheryl Strayed as part of the Stacks Book Club. I also want to say a special thank you this week to Alex Ingber, Ashley North, Claire Leahy, Taylor Ruffin, and Joseph Papa, not to mention the ladies of the Lady Gang and the folks at Podcast One. Remember to get your book recommendation read on the air by sending us an email at askingthestacks at gmail.com. For more from the Stacks, follow us on social media at the Stacks Pod on Instagram and at the Stacks Pod underscore on Twitter and check out the website, thestackspodcast.com. To join the Stacks Pack and get inside access to this show, go to patreon.com slash the Stacks and join the fun. Make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're listening through Apple Podcasts, please take a moment to rate and review. Our graphic designer is Robin McCright and our theme music is from Tegiragis. This show was created and produced by me, Tracy Thomas. I will see you in the Stacks.